Hey friends, I remember when I started in ministry, I used to think that the summertime would be a time that I could invest a little bit of extra effort into those projects that maybe were a little bit farther down the road that were kind of helping us get ready for the future. Something like finding, supporting, and developing the next generation of church leaders for our team. But you know what? Sunday is still coming every single week, all summer long. People are taking vacations. Uh, We just don't have the time. You don't have the time to run your day-to-day ministry while at the same time chasing the leads and resumes, onboarding, and then trying to build build a developmental pipeline for Gen Z. This is where my friends over at Leadership Pathway come in. Even this summer, they would love to talk to you. They have experience in all of this stuff and more and collectively have interviewed thousands and thousands of church leaders, literally, who are trying to take their next step in ministry. They will help you launch a leadership residency custom fit to your organization. It's it's amazing. They've talked to and worked with dozens and dozens of organizations. They've done this repeatedly. They have a proven process. So what I want you to do is to hit up their website at leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. There's an interesting article there that you could grab to learn more. Listen, this summer, you could jump on the conversation with them at leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. You could learn more, but actually step it up from there, talk with them, start working on your residency. We all need to figure out how to get more Gen Z leaders involved. Leadership Pathway's done that. Again, that's leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. Super excited for today's conversation with Janetta Oni. She is at Summit Church. If you don't know Summit, we're going to get a chance to hear more about them. They're one of the fastest growing churches in the country in North Carolina with nine locations plus services in Spanish. It's a fantastic church. And Janetta serves as Summit's creative director. So we're really looking forward to learning from you today. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's such an honor that you would take some time out to be with us. I know it's always a busy time, particularly in your seat. So super honored that you would be here today. Why don't you tell us, kind of fill out this summit story for folks that don't know. uh, Give us a little bit more detail there around the church. Absolutely. So I'm actually um, three years into the summit. I I guess I'm not as new here as I thought I was. So three years (laughs) in, pretty deep. But summit has just celebrated its 20th anniversary this past mm. year. And it was, mm-hmm. um, it was really cool to be a part of that seeing, um, it has been a part of, it came out of a church, uh, kind of a, a can just a regular old Baptist church. And then they decided mm-hmm. to relaunch and mm-hmm. focus a lot on sending and missions. And mm-hmm. they brought in a, a newly, uh, seminary grad called JD Greer to come in and mm-hmm. kind of, he had all the zeal and the, the uh, mission zeal and he, um, God really used him and a, a group of core, um, we call it the, the 300 to mm-hmm. really, um, take some in a direction of sending as many people as mm-hmm. possible out into the world, planning church churches. And, uh, the three years I've been here, I've been, uh, able to help with the communications department and now the creative arts department. So it's, 
it's, it's awesome to be a part of, I know it's easy to say, oh, God is doing something when you're a part of something big, like actually literally mm-hmm. big. But honestly, I, I feel like the anointing on the summit um, is not a perfect church, but that mm-hmm. the Lord is doing something um, through the people who have, as we say, put their yes on the table. Um, mm, and that's just really it. cool to be a part of. Love it. Yeah. The, you know, God's doing is writing as an outsider looking in God's writing a really unique story through mm-hmm. you and through your team at the summit. Uh, it's been amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. I love the church planting stuff, you know, on the, on the path to planting a thousand churches, which is pretty amazing. And yeah. Um, and just incredible. Mm-hmm. Just, just love it. Well, why don't we tell us about yeah. your role? We just hit the halfway mark. Amazing. That, Isn't that incredible? Like that's amazing. Yeah. That's 502. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. That's a good, it's amazing. Yeah. Why don't cool. you tell us about your role? So creative, uh, director, what does that look like? Give us the kind of scope of that. So, uh, I'll back up like a, a year. Um, mm-hmm. I was, oh, I was the communications director and I've been doing communications in the local church for about 10 years. I was serving at another church before mm-hmm. I got to the summit. And um, communications for a church like this is a big undertaking. Um, And -hmm. communications is anything that people see, read, um, content they consume from the church, about the church, for the church. And Mm -hmm. what I was noticing is that um, in the day-to-day processes of just getting out all the communications, talking about events, the creative arts element was kind of on the to-do list and not Mm. something that kind of took precedent. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if you think about it in the church world, creative arts, for some reason, seems frivolous. It seems like, oh, mm. well, if we have time to do something like that, we will. But right. I just don't see that in the Bible. I see creation mm. and cultivation from the very mm. onset. I mean, mm-hmm. God created something. We see that in um, Exodus when uh God is giving the instructions for how to, okay, people are going to meet with me. I'm going to get some priest. But before we even get them in their role, I need some people who can make stuff in order mm. to make that happen. <laughs> yes. And so yeah, I just yeah, yeah. had a passion for creative art. So I, I um, me and a couple of people, I kind of uh, just asked my, my supervisor, I was like, you know what? Let's just move creative arts to its own thing. We're still a part of the whole system, but let it be its own mm-hmm. thing so we can just focus on that. Mm-hmm. I love the arts. I love leading creative people um, mm-hmm. and creating um, the margin for them to think mm-hmm. creatively and even just mm-hmm. see how we can draw out some of that in the church. How do I not just be mm-hmm. a creative arts director of a group of mm-hmm. paid staff, but of our whole church? we got some really creative mm-hmm. people in church, so it's been a mm-hmm. cool uh, one and a half year journey so far. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love hearing that. I love, I love how you created some space for this too. I love that story of like, kind of, there's a, a leading up lesson there. I think for folks that are listening in, Hey, you saw an area and said, Hey, here's something we need to do to kind of expand and push forward. And I love obviously the fact that your leadership was like willing to say, yeah, let's, let's do mm-hmm. that. Let's make that happen. Now there's a lot, when I think about Man, the summit, this is a big organization, a lot going on, a lot happening. We I'd love to kind of get inside a little bit the personal side of kind of leading in that. What does that look like for you? I would imagine there's a lot of pressure in that. Uh talk to us about what that looks like for you. Yeah. So uh first I'll say I am uh grateful for the summit. I actually uh came into like I said I came in three years ago and st- Thus far, the summit has been a safe space um, mm. to thrive, even though it's a big machine. The the leaders here mm-hmm. are 
Um, our even in our little department, one of our goals for the year is to care about people over product. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential for a lot of pressure. But um, me, I have hit rock bottom before mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. church work. I have, mm-hmm. um, I remember I was making a website for the mm-hmm. church I was serving at and I just hit rock bottom. And mm-hmm. um, hmm. I think I, I was, I was burning out. I had compassion mm. fatigue. I was diagnosed with compassion fatigue. I was mm. um, just trying to do everything because we work for Jesus, right? We're supposed to, you know, yes, yes. We, we say we work for the church. So that means we got to uh, sprint into the finish line. And as soon as God says, mm. well done, good and faithful servant, that's when we can catch our, our breath. And, and so right. coming into the summit, having hit that rock bottom, went up um, through some uh, mental health I got in counseling. Mm-hmm. I learned how to create boundaries. And so mm. now leading, and we can get into that a little bit more, mm-hmm. but now leading, I lead from boundaries. I protect people. Um, I think that's one right. of my main right. jobs as a leader is to yeah. help protect their margin. Um, they're better yep. employees when they're not uh, burning the candle at both ends. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think my my job in stewarding creative people is to um, help them enjoy what they do, help them take it seriously for the gospel, but also to to guard against that pressure that can come. Like mm-hmm. people are watching or people won't like it or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that pressure is there. But to just say, take a breath um, yes. and realize who you're working for. So yeah, right. the last three years has been uh, up and to the right for me. It's been um, right. mentally. Love it's it. been and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to pull that apart a, a little bit and hear a mm-hmm. bit more. Um, when you say compassion fatigue, I'm sure there's people that are listening in that are like, yes. oh, I think I have experienced <laughs> some of that. Talk to us about right. what that looked like and how did you, you know, how did that work itself out in your life? What did that mm-hmm. look like for you when you were in the midst of that? Absolutely. So I, a lo- like a lot of people who work in ministries and work for a local mm-hmm. church, um, there's this... Um, I guess this unspoken rule that you have to be available 24 seven, you are here to uh, shepherd the flock and you never know what the sheep are going to need. So you just Mm -hmm. give everyone your phone number. You say, call me Mm -hmm. at any moment. If there's Mm -hmm. a fire, I'm the fireman. If there's, Mm -hmm. and, and the more we do that, the busier Mm -hmm. we are, the more important we are. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I definitely um, early on in ministry adopted that position. Like um, Mm -hmm. I was kind of addicted to the, Oh, I'm so busy today. Because the more I was saying I was so busy, the maybe the more important I felt. And that's kind of a side note. That's kind of um, something that we who work in ministry, for some reason, need to feel important, especially if you're on the fringes of when your grandma's like, well, my daughter, she um, does. I don't really know what she does. <laughs> she works right. at church all day. So you, sure. <laughs> you, you lean on anything to make you sound important. So for me, it was oh, I'm slammed. I'm busy. Mm, And one day I just was too busy. And um, I remember uh, just uh, going into the children's wing of a church, of our church, Mm -hmm. left my office Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be found Mm -hmm. and just hiding in like the middle school um, room so that no one would find me. I didn't even want to go home. I just didn't want to be found. And hmm. after a few days of just really hitting that hot, uh, that rock bottom, that depression and anxiety, it, that's when it started to manifest. And I remember telling hmm. my husband, close the doors, hmm. close the blinds, lock the doors, 
No one, oh, like wow. I just didn't want to hear anyone else's problems at right. that, at that time. I just wow. felt so like I was drowning in mm-hmm. everyone else's problems. And then I've started to sense my own and it mm. just, my counselor um, diagnosed me with um, compassion fatigue. She was just like, you've had mm-hmm. enough. And mm-hmm. I just didn't care about anyone else's problems. I didn't want to hear it anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful. So let's talk about, you know, your counselor. How did you find that person? What did that look like? Tell us kind of what did that, how did you go from being in the middle school mm-hmm. room to, uh, to then, you know, starting to take steps in the right direction, right. talking with someone, processing it, what that look like? That was, um, I think this is an important uh, part of especially the Christian walk. I remember sitting literally sitting on the on the kitchen floor and just talking to my husband and in mm. with the depression just saying things that I'd never said before like mm. um just saying things like maybe life would just be better if I wasn't in it you know and that was like a mm. trigger oh, um wow. and I also remembered um not wanting to talk to a pastor for some and I think what that was I'm not saying that was right but I think what it was is I didn't want people to think I wasn't a good Christian at the time like, right, oh, well, okay. what's your sin? I didn't I didn't want Job's friends to come and be like, well, right. what did you do? How, what did you do to get here? I was right. in the word. I was mm-hmm. doing my quiet time. I was going to, mm-hmm. I was doing everything right. And yet here mm-hmm. I was having this mental breakdown. And mm-hmm. so I didn't, I just, I think I feared someone coming into the house and telling me to have more faith and ha- mm-hmm. telling me, well, if you just lean on Jesus and confess whatever sin you've done things mm-hmm. will start to write themselves. And that mm-hmm. may or may not have happened, but I just remembered being very uh, defensive against it. So I told my husband, I will only talk to a counselor because I mm-hmm. know that something's going on in my head and my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that it is not um, God punishing me. I know that. And and there are consequences for our sin, but I knew that this was a mental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that had to be the grace of God. So I, I knew of this uh, counselor, um, mm-hmm. and I somehow got her, somehow my husband got her number and right. <laughs> he called her and said, she'll only talk to you. And by the grace of God, she met me, um, wow. that day and said, let's talk. Right. And, wow. um, that was the journey. That was the beginning of a journey to just really sort some things out. Mental health is not a DIY project. And I love DIY. Yeah. Pro- I love doing it myself. <laughs> I cannot do mental health by myself and n- right. really no one can. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Uh, You know, you talk about boundaries Mm -hmm. and this is such a critical piece of this story. Help me understand um, your own journey to that. What did that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how did you start to identify, okay, here are the the boundaries I need to set up in my life that are healthier for me, for me to serve, to serve well, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it started spiritually. Uh, My -hmm. counselor, she's a professional counselor, but she was also a believer, a strong believer. Um, so she, sometimes when you get higher in, um, in authority and influence in a church or a ministry, people stop telling you things like, Hey, you are in sin. (laughs) Um, Mm. that's just kind of people just look up to you and see, but she, she made me realize the idol that I had made my Christian Mm -hmm. work. Mm. Um, and the idol that I had made my importance in that Christian Mm. work, Mm -hmm. um, well, if I don't do it, um, what's going to happen? People are, mm-hmm. she, she literally asked me one day, she was like, are people going to lose their salvation if you take a day off? And mm, I was like, well, no, <laughs> but you know, it's, <laughs> yes. so she held, I think that was the beginning. It's just 
putting myself in mm-hmm. a proper place, you know, not thinking of myself more highly than I ought to, as mm. scripture says. Um, yes. Yeah, and yeah. even in a way that that's good for me, it's not just good for the right. church, it's right. good for me. And then from that, taking God's Sabbath seriously, mm-hmm. taking um, I shall work six days um, as unto the Lord, and then I mm-hmm. shall rest. Um, mm-hmm. I think Christian leaders are uh, infamous for breaking the Sabbath and thinking God is proud of them for doing it. Right. And I was that def- right. that was definitely me. So that that was right. the beginning. Um taking 24 hours together, a, a group of 24 hours not staggered on a couple of days, but just saying yes. no. That taught me to say no. It and right. it started with just one day. And then mm-hmm. um then that led into boundaries of the work work week. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. work 9 to 5 and mm-hmm. then I go home to my family. And right. Nine to five is is enough to get done what God has called me to do and to believe mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. and to have faith in the time mm-hmm. that God has given me to work and to have faith when he says that's enough. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Let's let's talk about the Sabbath a, a little bit more. Okay. I think this is, you're, you're so right. It's one of those um, practices that unfortunately so many of us don't actually mm-hmm. practice that we, you know, we yeah. find a way to kind of squeeze things in. Um, and, and listen, friends that are listening in, listen, the summit's a high capacity church. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. There's, this is a, you know, a fast growing church, large, all of that. Yes. And the fact that you're choosing in such a key leadership role to do that, maybe talk about what some of the pressures are of taking Sabbath, help, help us understand, yeah. you know, what, how have you had to kind of structure your life so that that could be a part of, you know, kind of your regular rhythm? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say to the ministers out there, I get it. Is mm-hmm. if it feels different to talk about a Sabbath when you mm-hmm. work on Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my husband mm-hmm. is a pastor. And so mm-hmm. our work weeks look different. We both work for the summit. I work mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. He mm-hmm. works kind of Monday through Thursday, a little bit on, mm-hmm. so, you know, it just kind of gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's the idea of what, what happens when there's an emergency. Um, what happens, uh, when I am working at the place where I'm worshiping. And so Mm -hmm. all of those are factors, but, um, and there's just, we have three kids who love their devices and feel like they can't, you know, function without them. And so when we say, Mm -hmm. here's a day off from your devices, (laughs) they think this is the good Christian life. This sounds, this doesn't sound really like Jesus to me. Um, that's funny. But, uh, one, the thing that we decided to do is we, um, kind of have a traditional Sabbath. So we, uh, mm-hmm. Sabbath at sundown on Friday nice. and we have a meal, mm-hmm. um, like a meal at home. And, um, mm-hmm. we try to make it everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. what do you want? Um, what do you want to eat? What are you looking forward to? So it's just an incentive, but to look forward mm-hmm. to something. Um, mm-hmm. then Saturday, uh, we, we don't, we try not to buy things. We try not, we're definitely put our phones away. That's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just to be off from work. It's not a day off. It's not just mm-hmm. a day off. So let me get that yard work done. It's a day um, to set aside and enjoy the Lord. A mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. Um, John Mark Comer has been very helpful in this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have read his book, uh, Ruthless mm-hmm. Elimination of Hurry. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. books and it has been very formative. Um, in this, but starting with the Sabbath, choosing a 24 hour period that your whole family Mm -hmm. can Sabbath together. Um, Mm -hmm. and then giving yourself grace, you know, Mm -hmm. learn to uh, recognize an an emergency. Sometimes there aren't emergencies. Mm -hmm. Not everything can be an emergency. 
If it's right. an emergency, I, I jokingly say, if it's an emergency, call 911, first of all. Yes, yes. <laughs> and if it's the kind of emergency that only I can help, I know you'll find me. And that's right. actually been pretty rare. And even for right. my husband, who's a pastor, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. rare. It's, it's more rare than we um, have made allowance for. So mm-hmm. have faith that um, God wants us to have a Sabbath, have faith that is his idea, and then just give it a try. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, that's a great, that's a great encouragement. You know, if there's a, if there's an emergency every time you're Sabbathing, then there's a problem with mm-hmm. the way you have the rest of your life. Structured. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, we, there's some other issue we've got to address. Yes. There. Now you, you commented or talked about leading particularly creative folks. I'd love to lean in on this mm-hmm. from this perspective, from that perspective. It's, so I think we all struggle with this, regardless of our kind of what we do in in ministry. But I think particularly folks who are creative, um, and they 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 are constantly kind of there's a self expression portion of what they do that it can be very difficult to turn it off, right? It can be very yes. difficult to say, "Oh, I'm going to rest." Help me understand now from a management point of view. How are you leading other people to create healthy boundaries? How are you helping them uh, to to not end up in a place where they're yeah. you know hiding in the middle school wing? Right. <laughs> How are you doing that? Um, it it is um, it's a tough thing. I think uh, mm-hmm. working at a church is hard work. I don't mm-hmm. um, I don't ever want to gloss over that. It's hard. It's hard, rewarding work, and there are certain pressures, and pressures aren't always. A bad thing, you know. There's all there's mm-hmm. deadlines, and putting a creative process and a deadline together can be very. It seems counterintuitive. Um, mm. So for me, I, I think what's important is to um, to have a a lot of white space, a lot of margin around mm. the piece of paper, um, mm. and to give give them set times to say, at this time, I want you to do something that gives your brain a rest. Uh, mm. Whether that's reading, take I, I make our team takes more walks around our building than any other mm. team. Like take a walk <laughs> yeah, around great. the building um, is 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 something that's very important because your brain is always is is a different kind of work. Like there's the kind of work where mm. you're doing physical activity and you're producing something and you're, you're sitting and mm-hmm. and you hold it up and say, "This is what I've done." Mm-hmm. I think we don't account for things like decision fatigue. Uh, the mm. kind of work where you're trying to decide what's right, what's wrong, do this, mm. don't do that. Um, those are the things that are that make us more prone to stress. And so right. my job as a leader, this is um, every, anyone on my team will tell you, what I do is I say, here's the fence. This mm. is where you don't go. This is the yard. Here's the fence. My job mm. is to make the fence. Don't go outside the fence. Now, in the yard, you can do whatever you want. Mm. I've set the boundaries of what not to do. And, and I actually came up th- with this when I was uh, with my kids. And I'm like, if I just have this area where I know my kids can't wander off to, they can mm. have at it. They can have as much mm. fun as they want to. <laughs> so and they're not being micromanaged. I'm not burning out for micromanaging them. And they have creative space without feeling like they'll float out, float off into outer space. You know, like mm-hmm. when everything is, a- is um, available then nothing's available, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think good leadership, I try to be a good leader. I don't, <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, but I think giving people boundaries as to what yeah. they can and can't do helps protect their boundaries too. If you say, this right. is this is what I want you to do, but I want you to do it the way you were designed to do it, mm-hmm. is the safest thing for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Give them, give them a yard to play in and give them a fence mm-hmm. to feel safe. 
Yeah, what would be some of those those boundaries? Because again, I think particularly within the creative world, Sunday is always coming or the Amen. weekend is always mm-hmm. coming, right? Like there is a relentless, and it seems like we go from Christmas to Mother's Day yeah. to something in the summertime to the fall launch to Christmas to Mother's Like it's like, yes. it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. It just is, ne- it's never ending. So yeah, what are some of those practically, what are some of those boundaries look like? Um, some, one, some of the boundaries is saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, that, um, I know there are a lot of ministries out there who feel like the gatekeepers and the bad guys because mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. has great ideas, great ideas, <laughs> sure. and they really are great ideas, but we can't do all of them. Right. And so one of the boundaries is saying, hey, this is what we're working on Easter. Mm-hmm. You know what we're working on in Easter? Easter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, yes. We have done the the creative work for the sermon series that we're doing, and mm-hmm. we we have to limit the capacity of what we're called to do. Um, mm. And sometimes that's staff, staff to staff. So mm-hmm. just having a good relationship with the other staff to realize we're not doing this to be mean. Um, right. We're just doing this because there's 10 people on this team that, and they can't do everything. And so learning to say no to projects or saying, wait to projects, let's wait and do this. We don't have, we do have to do Easter on Easter Sunday. Yes. We can do that. <laughs> Maybe in the summer. Um, right, 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 right. So, yes. So just having boundaries with your calendar, um, with our mm-hmm. calendar saying these are the events, this is what it's going to take. Um, mm-hmm. Working together, mm-hmm. um, having people from other uh, departments in our church come in and say, hey, you're creative too. I know you don't get paid mm-hmm. for this and you don't have that much to do for this. So, hey, you want to help with this project a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That helps have fun with it, to actually mm-hmm. do something new. And um, mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is just to uh, plan, right? Uh, plan out if, like, like we said before, if everything's on fire, then eventually we're going to be on fire. So yes, yes. let's um, let's take some. T- We've been working since I got here, and I think we're finally there to mm-hmm. uh, bump everything back, like to the point where we're going to start talking about Christmas this mm-hmm. month. You know, yeah, instead good, of, great. oh, wait, yeah. it's November. What's that thing we always do December? Oh, yes, yeah, Jesus yes. was born, which you probably, yes. Um, yes. but just to remember the things that are coming up and talking about them in advance. And I think we finally, it's possible, guys. I know working yes. at a, a church is like, <laughs> man, we've been trying to get things backed up like four weeks out, three months out, forever. You can do it. You can do it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for particularly for some of those big days, I think on the creative side, there's mm-hmm. some of that that we know, like you say, Christmas, Easter, every church has four or five of those days a year that mm-hmm. you know are are big deals and yes. you know, you can kind of keep them on the on the burner so they don't surprise us, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get ahead and you'd be amazed, right? The right. things we can work on ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. that's great. What would you say to someone who's listening in? You know, there's someone who's listening in who has had the experience that you had of hiding in the middle school room. It might have mm-hmm. been something different. Right. What would you say to them? But they're still there. They're still mm-hmm. like, um, they don't want to talk to anybody. They they've they heard compassion fatigue today and they're like, I think that might be me. What would be some of those first steps you would you would encourage them to take? So I think uh the first thing is to determine um is it am I living uh, with toxic habits or am mm. I in toxic environment? Um, mm. One of those things you can control. Um, mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I am a person who loves the local church. And I say, if you are in a place where, you know, your, your church is maybe in the awkward 
teenage phase of and it's just trying to mm-hmm. figure itself out and trying to grow into its body, have some patience and, mm-hmm. you know, stick with it. If you're in a toxic environment, I think with a literal toxic environment, if there are actual chemical toxins in the air, you have to ask yourself, how much longer can I stay in this environment before my health is poisoned and mm. I am not okay? So that's mm-hmm. between you and the discernment of those wiser people around you and God, whether it's time mm-hmm. to stay or go. Now, the second part is to say, am I just behaving in toxic ways? Is, is this mm-hmm. kind of self-inflicted? It could be both, mm-hmm. but to mm-hmm. look in and say, what am I doing to right. contribute to this? Like, do I need help? Am I, have I been trying to DIY this for a long time? Do I need some mm-hmm. objective help? Mm-hmm. I would say probably the answer is yes. Get it. Get the counselor. Get somebody. Mm-hmm. Get a um, a good counselor. Uh, there are bad counselors mm-hmm. out there. Get a good counselor. Um, mm-hmm. Preferably a Christian counselor. Um, mm-hmm. Someone or mm-hmm. a counselor who is a Christian, um, mm-hmm. if they're a professional counselor, and mm-hmm. get some objective. Like here, here's my story. What do you think is going on here? Um, right. And I think those are the first two steps. What's going mm-hmm. on? Is the environment toxic? Am I behaving toxic? Is it a little mm-hmm. bit of both? And who can help me sort this out? That's your, I think yeah. that's our very first steps with it. Love it. Janetta, this has been fantastic. So helpful. Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to share just as we wrap up today's episode? Um, I think I just want to just remind everyone who works at a church, your work is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are the church too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we start to become leaders in the church, we forget that we're also the flock mm-hmm. and, and it is a great thing to lay down your life, um, for those you love, just make mm-hmm. sure it's the way Jesus would want you to, and not the way, um, unhealthy habits is don't sacrifice your health just due to bad habits. Do it. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice your health at all. But if, you, if you're if you picking up your cross and bearing it and laying down your life for others, make sure it's Jesus ordained and mm. not due to just unhealthy habits. Really, mm. really parse that out. Love it. So helpful. I think it's been such an encouraging uh, conversation today. I know I, that's our hope. That's our prayer. Yeah. I know that's your hope as well. Thank you so much. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online uh, to just kind of connect with the, you know, what's going on with yeah, the church and all that? You can follow the summit um, mostly mm-hmm. on Instagram. That's where you'll see most of us is summit RDU. Um, mm-hmm. That's where um, we are on all the channels. Um, I'm Janetta Oni everywhere. Mm-hmm. Janetta Oni on uh <laughs> If you follow me on Instagram, you're just going to see a lot of funny memes because I like to go to social media and giggle <laughs> because so much of my work is in in social media and it can be a dark place. So I'm just going to yeah. go there and giggle. Um, yeah, I love it. So yeah, you can follow us. You can see some of our creative work there. Great. Thanks so much, Jeanette. I appreciate Absolutely. you being here. Thanks for helping out today. Absolutely. I'm just, I, thanks for letting me be here, Richard. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.